0: Hi, I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard and thanks to your malt mates at Cry Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. Beer is a Conversation is our weekly sit-down with some of the people who make the beer industry the interesting and dynamic thing that it is. And through these conversations we dig a little deeper into the stories behind the business of beer and brewing. This week I'm on the road and my chat is with Philip Rankmore, Head Brewer at South Korea's Badnamu Brewery in Gwangneung. Phil was just about the first I met at the recent Seabrew conference in Bangkok, and he told a fascinating story that took him from volunteering to do work experience under Dave Patton at Riverside Brewing in Sydney, to Berlin, and then to getting a job as a brewer during a two-day layover in Seoul on the very day that brewing was legalised in South Korea. It sees him starting up the Korean Goose Island Brewery and also growing his own rice to make beer. It's a cracking tale, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Bill Rankmore, uh, welcome to Beer is a Conversation.
1: It's great to be here, yeah. exactly. Mate, a, a,
0: a real surprise, we're at Sea Brew in Bangkok and the first person I met um, has a, a, a hybrid Australian accent or an Australian yeah. accent of sorts, um, but it, it is, a, is an Australian in Bangkok but uh, brewing in Korea.
1: That's right, yeah. You know asia is asia asia is asia so uh bangkok's a great a great place to kind of come and learn about the industry uh there's a lot of similarities in different asian markets so it's good to it's good to be in bangkok but yeah uh an australian an australian brewer in korea most of the time but
0: uh <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, so tell us how did you come to be brewing in in any way shape or form
1: uh like most people, uh, I suppose, I started as a home brewer. Um, I used to brew in uh, in at university. Uh, I brewed with my roommate, and uh, we used to we were pretty prolific brewers. We started brewing some bad beer, and eventually got to some good beer, and and, uh, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Um, I, I, w- I visited the United States uh, in my first year of university, and I I discovered craft beer there. Um, I say. Craft beer, but I, I I had a blue moon. I think was was what really turned the lights on. That's uh, craft beer is means yeah, everything exactly. and nothing um, depending um, on what you're talking about. Yeah, and it it just changed my changed my view of beer, and it changed my uh, my view. And and so when I came back to Australia, um, I found it cheaper to brew my own than it was to. In the long term, it worked out a lot more expensive to do my own, but, <laughs> but certainly at the beginning, I thought it would be cheaper to be my own. Now, I should say that when you're talking about
0: university, uh, that was only 15 years ago. You're, you're, you're only 33, so you've had quite the career already.
1: Yeah, sure. My It's been a been a fly-through. Um, obviously, there's a lot of opportunities in Asia. Um that that maybe wouldn't have presented themselves in Australia, and and I think uh, I've been very lucky uh, to to end up in a in a lot of great situations and had a lot of great people help me along the way as well. So, but what were you studying
0: at university? What was the original career goal?
1: Uh, chemical engineering. Okay. Uh, so uh definitely i was always a science focused guy and i think that's helped me a lot as well certainly i probably had intentions of making a higher salary than i do now but uh <laughs> but it is what it is and i love what i do so yeah i was i was studying chemical engineering and and brewing on the side which i think is a is a fairly kind of go go hand in hand i guess
0: yeah, very very much computer programming and chemical engineering seem to be uh,
1: right uh, right a great yeah career, exactly career <laughs>
0: for, for for brewers so 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 you finished your degree uh-huh and where where did you go to then
1: um then I worked at a company called SKM for a bit. Um they were an engineering firm in uh Australia and then but but only for a year. And then uh but I was still brewing on the side then and uh honestly I wanted to uh uh brew full time. I knew I wanted to do that. I I loved sharing my beer. I loved beer. I loved brewing. Um and just it 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 called to me from day one so i i pretty much like knew that i wanted to be a brewer um fairly quickly and so uh what i did is i just sent uh i sent emails out to to breweries and like can i and i know this is a debatable topic but i honestly just i i started volunteering yep and uh you know my my ideas on that have changed over over time but but that was that was the leg in that was the foot in the industry at the time and um, so. we, we we
0: we might put a pin in that one, and uh, I'll, I'll make a note to come back to, to um, volunteering. But so so you're working at uh, Riverside under Dave Padden. Yes, um, yeah. Back in the day, a great guy to learn
1: uh, a little bit about hops and brewing. Sure, exactly. I mean, I I made my intentions to him clear from the beginning as well that I that I wanted to learn to be a brewer and that I wanted a brewery, and and um, and he he was so amazing to, to, to take me and, and uh and teach me a lot about the commercial side of brewing and yeah, and then uh but my original plan was to head to Germany and and um open up a bar and a brewery there because my, my friend was living in Berlin. I had been there and I loved it and, and uh I thought that Berlin could could have this amazing craft beer scene like Australia did and there wasn't a lot of there was good German beer but there wasn't good craft beer there at the time. So um Yeah, but that didn't that didn't happen um, actually, and and my friend is actually running a craft beer bar there to this day, so uh, so it worked for him, but uh, we didn't end up doing that together. So
0: how long did you spend at Riverside?
1: Actually, I only spent uh, three months brewing at at Riverside, um, and then I was going to uh, and then studying the IBD as well. Yep,
0: and and where did
1: you leave uh, Riverside for? Uh, For Korea, actually. Uh, So that's when I ended up in Korea yeah
0: And my, my understanding is that you landed in Korea literally on, 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 on transit um, through Korea did you, did you fly to Korea or did you yeah uh,
1: so I was actually I was flying from Germany uh, to Australia and I stopped in Korea and while I was here they changed the law to allow breweries to open, essentially. So
0: literally, literally, as you're, yeah, you're in Korea. How, how long were you, Was the stopover?
1: The stopover was for four days, but I extended it to ten days, and I ended up spending ten days here. And then I went back. Uh, I went back to Australia, back to the brewery. Yeah. Then, then uh, I spent another two weeks or so there, and then, and then, so moved back in the brewery, to, at Riverside. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then I spent I spent another two weeks there, and then and then it was back to Korea and and back to to, yeah, and then I've been here ever since.
0: Uh, so, so Korea changed the law to allow for small breweries.
1: Yeah, so they they had a brew pub model for a while, but uh, you couldn't distribute. Uh, so a lot of the brew pubs were just brewing uh, kind of German lagers uh, yep. or or a, or a lager, a dark lager, and a wheat beer. Um, all of them were were exactly the same. Uh, there were there was obviously pioneers here that were there were contract brewing before that. Um, you know, shout out to Magpie, who's here today, uh, that, you know, they they were very early on and and uh, and, and still doing amazing stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I went there and I met, uh, obviously, I just introduced myself to craft beer bars and, and that, and uh, I met some people. And one of the guys I met was like, actually, there's this vote at the National Assembly tomorrow. You should come. There's going to be brewers there or people from the industry are going to be there. So you should come. And meet them and so i actually went to the national assembly where they held the vote and outside you know i don't speak korean so i didn't watch the vote or anything but outside a bunch of brewers had gathered and um they were kind of you know they were they were they had been lobbying the government for a while to get these changes happening and so people kind of were certain that it would happen and 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 that but but the vote was on and i went and i went to the national assembly that day and i met you know, I end, I met the people that I ended up going into business with, and I met uh, you know a lot of people in the industry that day, and uh, and that's what cemented my my decision to actually come back uh, and and stay in Korea.
0: And so a short stopover has led to a complete uh, change in, in 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 your life.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, and I honestly, it's 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 it's. it's uh, you know, I, I call it a happy accident or, 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 or the best mistake I ever made. You know, it's, it's just, it's been amazing for me. Uh, I met my wife in Korea, obviously, and I'm married now. But um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it was a lot of learning. Obviously, uh, not having spent a lot of time commercial brewing, but I had been brewing a lot and I had studied a lot, but I hadn't spent a lot of time in a commercial brewery. So a lot of mistakes were made al- along the way. Um, certainly, like our first kit uh, was left a lot to be desired and was a very difficult uh, uh, kit to brew on but we made good beer and, and we made it work But
0: Tell me about you personally because my one act of rebellion was starting a blog um, around <laughs> my kitchen table um, look, um, that, look how that turned well, out but, yeah. and, and it turned out okay <laughs> but it was a very risk um, like the, there was not a great deal of risk involved in it I didn't sort of suddenly invest a, a huge amount of money in another country um, deciding that I was going to do something that a lot of people hadn't done in that country before. Um, and, and yet, just even what we've been talking now, you've said that you decided that you wanted to go to Germany and open a brewery in Germany, and then suddenly you land in Korea, and a couple of days later, you're yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the national parliament.
1: Uh, um, and Yeah, people that know me would not think that to be too strange, <laughs> I suppose. Um, no, I've, I've always been a you know, I've, I'm a very ambitious person, I suppose, sometimes too, too ambitious for my own good. And sometimes the correct amount of ambitious, I think. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I would have, I just wanted my own brewery. I, I wanted to be a brewer. Could um have done that in Australia. In Australia <laughs> it was, <laughs> but, and I could have, and, and, and there are amazing breweries in Australia and, and, and to, to see the change in the industry now is, is incredible. And, uh, but the cost, the barrier to entry, the cost of uh, the, the cost to open a business in Australia, uh, is, is more than I could afford. I couldn't yeah. even f- afford to open a pub in Australia, you know? Um, well, who can, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and the, and the licensing at the time, uh, there wasn't really a lot of brew pub models there. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, you know, obviously that's changed a lot now. A lot of the licensing has changed and there's a lot more drink on site breweries and that, uh, you know, in Sydney, I was there a few months back and it's, you know, it's changed a lot, but, but at the time I just, I couldn't imagine it was all distribution model and, uh, and I, you know, I couldn't afford to open a craft beer bar. I certainly couldn't afford to open a brewery. Yeah. And I thought in Germany, uh, you know, the, the, especially Berlin, you know, uh, poor, but sexy Berlin. Um, it's the, the cost to open, uh, to the cost to open a business there is, is much lower. Unless the visa. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, the cost can be very high then. Right. But then uh, it works if you're a brew dog though. So, um, yeah. So uh, I just, I knew what I wanted uh, and I knew I couldn't do it in Australia um, or I thought I couldn't do it. You know, I, there were probably other ways, but, um, and then in Asia, I knew I had a unique, um, uh, position, you know, uh, having some commercial brewing experience, uh, you know, I'd studied the IBD as well. So, you know, and then, and then, you know, right away there were people saying like, you should come here and, 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 you know, be a brewer and, you know, they're they're looking for brewers and, and that. Um, and so, I did, yeah. So that's what I that's what I did.
0: So, so tell, uh, talk to us. Um, you, you said off, Mike, was that there were a lot of people. There was a lot of money rolling around in Korea with people wanting to open right lifestyle breweries. Tell tell us what that was like uh, yeah. being in that position.
1: Well, uh, first of all, it's it's a uh, you know I've always thought it's important to to choose who you go to who who you go into business with, especially when it's their money and not your money. Um, you know, you got to make uh, you've got to know that choices that you that your expertise or expertise uh that your your choices are are respected but you also have to that you know you have to understand or i have to understand that you know you know people's money is their livelihood and and you know they're they're, they want they want smart decisions made and that kind of thing so you know there was a lot of money being thrown around at the time a lot of people wanted to open breweries they could see the potential they'd see you know the import market Market was growing very quickly in Korea, but the the, the local industry obviously didn't exist, um, and so people would come all the time uh, and say, you know, I was I was just my friend opened a craft beer bar, and I would I would work there just to, uh, you know, I wasn't doing anything else at the time. So, um, people would come in and say, oh, you know, I like this craft beer thing, uh, you know, I've got a couple of business partners, and we have a million dollars, you know, would you w- is that enough to open a brewery, uh, you know, a group of doctors or or whatever, but you you know you had to say no to those people because you know uh, even my short time in the industry I know that craft beer is not the best place to park your money you know as a as, a, as an investor maybe more so now but it was a it was a fledging industry that no one knew what was going to happen the, the the legal restrictions were still you know not not very friendly they had legalized it but the tax burden was high the uh, you know the FDA restrictions on yep. on your spaces and all that were a minefield to navigate. But that, that sounds like
0: Australia from from what you're saying is it is it better or worse than australia
1: well the the thing is there's ways are, the 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 cost of things is much lower in Korea. You just have to follow the rules okay uh, and the rules can sometimes be difficult and sometimes they're decided by the person who's in your brewery at that time you know there's no guidebook there's you know a guy will come and and, and assess from the FDA will come and assess whether your brewery is okay, and he'll just say you have to put a door there you know and and but there's no there's no there's a rule on the door and you can say, but wait a minute, this brewery doesn't have that door. And they're like, doesn't matter. You got to put this door there, you know? And, uh, and I mean, even, uh, you know, I, uh, even working at goose Island, which I, uh, you know, which is a big company. Um, we had the same problems, you know, we had a, we we built the brewery and we had a, uh, you know, we had a wall, you know, uh, only about a person high between the brew house and the pub. And they're like, no, you got to enclose that. You got to enclose the brew house. And uh, we, will, we will point to another big company, uh, Shinsege, who, who runs a, a, a bar called, uh, a brew, brew pub called Devil's Door. They have an open brew house. And, and so we pointed to them and, and it didn't matter. You know, uh, we had to enclose it. <laughs> and so and even, even though we were ABI and, and, and obviously, you know, ABI is the biggest market player there. Um, but it didn't matter. <laughs>
0: This episode of Beer is a Conversation is brought to you by Unleashed Software. Unleashed is more than inventory management software for brewers. It's a system that runs your whole business operations and gives you an unfair advantage. With Unleashed, you can create custom recipes, effortlessly track your cereal and batch numbers, and understand your stock levels at all times at every location. Learn how Unleashed can help you run and grow your brewery at unleashedsoftware.com forward slash brew. We've jumped ahead uh, to, to the time you spent with Goose Island. So uh, talk talk to us about uh, you, you're in the country. You've you've made some connections. Um, you're looking to open a brewery, and you turned away some people who had a lot of money because they were the wrong investors. But you did end up partnering up with some people who uh, were obviously the right investors because you uh, worked with them to open the the, the Budnamu
1: Budnamu Bre- yeah
0: Bud Budnamu uh, so, uh, brewery
1: um, yeah. Uh, and it was actually one of the people that I met uh, that first day at the National Assembly. Um, I I met uh, a, a professor of tourism, um, but he ran a brewing school, uh, which originally taught traditional alcohol brewing, and uh, but then had had added home brewing onto their onto their menu. So they'd been teach, teaching home brewing uh, with a couple of local home brewers, and um, yeah, I met I met them. I met him, and he was he, you know he seemed like a person with a great vision, uh, a person with a shared vision. Uh, he was upfront about, uh, what he wanted to do and, 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 uh, you know, he wanted to build a brewery and, you know, he, he was okay with saying, look, I don't, I don't know so much about brewing, but I know about branding. I know about marketing. I know about, you know, um, and originally it was just him, but then there were other investors that came on board as the project kind of the scope of it kind of grew. Um, and there, one was an alcohol distributor, and he knew about you know obviously an alcohol distributor is a great partner to have in a brewery. Uh, and then another one was a makley brewer, so he he kind of knew about the industry, the the, the, the rules against making alcohol. Makley is a traditional Korean. That beverage, was my next so, question. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah makley is kind me. of a traditional Korean rice wine. So you know he was a he was a brewer. Uh, you know and he, he ran a brewery. So. Um, yeah, so so there was a it was a good mix of people that that, that that had the right knowledge, that had the right vision, and of course you always take a risk. And I wasn't sure, but uh, it's been a very um, I think it was a very good choice.
0: So so tell us about uh, opening that brewery. What what did you what style of beers did you found uh, founded on? What was the market like?
1: Yeah, well, the market was the market was nothing at the time. Um, we had to convince a lot of people to 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 drink our beer and to pay a premium for something that they didn't understand.
0: And what what year was this?
1: Uh, this was two thousand and fourteen. Okay, uh, so yeah, the, the beers we, that we brewed um, were a mix of the beers that I liked, um, and then combined with. Beers that we thought the market would appreciate, and then we also tried to throw in a lot of Korean ingredients. We really wanted to make it Korean beer. Um, and I know like a lot of people that brew in local countries, especially in Asia, and we'll find a lot in uh, a lot of the brewers around here and a lot of the beers we drink do try to add that local touch to it because there's a lot of unique and, and amazing kind of ingredients here. Um uh, and it and it helps you to stand out so yeah we we kind of just brewed i mean we experiment a lot with uh with different beers at the beginning i think the first beer i brewed was just a was a blonde ale um uh, you know ipas uh we, we brewed a wheat beer with korean uh sancho and kukwa so uh, those are some some local ingredients kukwa is actually chrysanthemum but okay a, you know it's local kukwa in Korea. Um, we yeah we so we 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 made a beer with rice uh you know not not to cheapen it or whatever but to put to but to add the character that rice gives to a yep. beer and uh and these days we actually grow that rice ourselves and 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 plant it ourselves and and that so did, um did, does that mean we see fill out in a paddy field yeah if you, <laughs> it does actually well they have rice planting machines okay. but uh but but we loaded the machines and right, it was okay. quite uh, oh, I've never seen one way of blind, um, so. <laughs> so it was it was a very muddy uh experience but, but yeah so uh, you know we work with local farmers and, and we try to be hyper local uh yeah. not in not in terms of like what we what we distribute we do distribute kind of nationwide but uh but we do try to like keep our brand to be very local because we're not in seoul um korea 50 percent of all the korean population lives in seoul and that's more than the population of australia uh you know there's 25 million people living in yep. seoul and there's 50 million people in korea outside we're we're, outside of seoul. we're, 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 we're 300 kilometers away Mm -hmm. um, which for Korea is the other side of the country Um, and so we you know we try to be a local brewery and we try to give the local flavor to if we're selling beer in Seoul, we want them to think about kung Wondo. We want them to think about you know our, our brewery and 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 you know the local the local character of of kung Wondo.
0: You you founded the brewery. Uh, how long were you with them before you went off uh, to other projects?
1: Uh, so the brewery was open for a year and a half. So obviously we had some some build out time. Um, the brewery was open for a year and a half, uh, and then uh, yeah we we. We doubled capacity, tank capacity in that time. The The brewery was successful. We, we you know, At the very beginning, we kind of started contract brewing a few with, with some bars that wanted their own beer. Uh, fortunately, we were able to stop that eventually. Um, contract brewing is this whole other thing. Uh, but, yeah, we we, uh, we were able to fill tanks, and we were able to grow our brand, and, and especially the lot. We built this beautiful brew pub, so it's this old uh, historic building that was a muckily brewery built you know during the japanese occupation of korea so you know the 1910 1912 um and uh, we, we you know it was a mess when we got it but we fell in love with the building and and we we re- we converted that it's all you know wood and and uh, a beautiful space so we were able to kind of make this destination where people that visited Nung, our town would would Come to our brewery, you know, it was it was like the destination, and having a having a uh, an owner that's a professor of tourism probably helped in that in that <laughs> sense. But it is a tourist destination. We're on the beach. Yeah, the, the Olympics were held there. Uh, the Winter Olympics, okay. uh, the the Winter Olympics last Winter Olympics were there. Um, so, uh, and so infrastructure from Seoul, the the the, the, the high speed rail was being built. So it was a, it was a great location. We were able to grow our brand very quickly. Um, Eventually, you know, it was just a 10-hectoliter system, So, was, which was the legal minimum that you can build in Korea. So you can't have 4-hex systems. You can't have okay. uh, anything less than that. Um, but, yeah, uh, we were able to sell beer. And and, uh, and then, uh, honestly, it was, a, it was great. I love working there. I love the people I work with. But uh, eventually, I got an offer uh, from from Goose Island and from Bev to to help them. Uh, open their brewery in Seoul. So
0: tell us about that experience. What was that? What was it like working f- going from a, a small startup to working for ABI and one of the biggest uh, breweries in, in
1: well, the biggest brewer in the world. Right. Um, well, uh, the my reasons for doing it for, for a start were that um, they are the biggest brewer in the world, and when I was first approached, uh, the first thing was well, someone I actually. I thought I was making a friend, but really it was, it ended up being a job offer. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, uh, I met this guy at a bar and, and he just talked about beer and, 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 and that. He's a good friend now. But uh, but eventually he was like, well, actually I work for ABI. Would you be interested in coming to work for us? And my first thought was no, um, because I liked what I was doing. I didn't want to leave such a new company at an important time in their kind of life cycle. Um then it was uh, then as more information kind of came they they kind of fed it in trickles because they, they kind of keep it hush hush it was you know they weren't they didn't have any craft brands in korea at the time so mm-hmm. Goose island was one of the things they were going to bring in and obviously it was a big secret and and that but eventually i found out that they would be bringing in goose island and it was for uh you know and the, you know the job entailed kind of learning uh, going to chicago and brewing there for, for a couple of months and and learning and you know i i like I said, I'm, I'm an ambitious person and that sounded like I could learn a lot and, and, yep. and achieve a lot in, uh, you know, it was just this huge opportunity. So, and I met with, uh, with, uh, Leon Mickelson, uh, who ended up being my, my boss there. And, mm-hmm. and he was such, a uh, honestly, a lot of the reasons I, why I made the decision was, I thought I could learn a lot uh, from him yep. as a person. Um, you know, he's, uh, he, he gives off like a great personality and, and, and that. So, uh, and as a great brewer. So, um, yeah, I, I ended up taking that opportunity and and uh and I you know I found a replacement brewer for Badnamu and, and made sure that they were in good hands and then and then went over to, to Goose Island and and we built uh so the first I went to Chicago and then and then we built the brew pub in Seoul which is uh yeah the Goose Island brew house in, in yep. Korea
0: and how's that been going
1: now yep. um I mean I think they're I think they're doing well. Um, I think I think a brew pub model is, is 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 hard to make a good profit, but it allows Goose Island to have a, a face uh, in Seoul and a, and a home in Seoul and a home in Korea. And I think they're uh, they're doing really well in the market now. Um, you know, they're they're importing a lot of beer from the States, but they're also brewing a lot of great local beer, open up a couple of brew pubs. So I think, I think they've done really well. They've got a great brewer there as well. Dario, um, who, who, when I left, uh, he replaced me. And so I think they're, they're doing really well. And I, uh, the, the pub is great. So.
0: And what have they done with their pubs there? Have they taken that Chicago aesthetic and trans, transplanted it, uh, into
1: Korea? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly what they're trying to do. So, and it's i think they've done a good job um with it as well we worked with a great company out of uh you know they're, they're u.s designers and korean designers and obviously there was a lot of money being thrown around probably too much in the end i think everyone realized but uh but they did you know we we found this big space and and uh you know high ceilings where we could put the tanks on display and this beautiful uh pub it's not I mean, they did try to bring the Chicago aesthetic, but it's not something that you would find in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 definitely still a Korean style place because you have to you have to appeal to the market, and, yeah. and Koreans drink differently. They, you know, uh, it's it's always food and drink. Uh, you know, no one no one likes to sit at the bar. You know, uh, so. There's definitely a difference. It's not a Chicago pub in Seoul, but it is this nice uh, uh, amalgamation of the two.
0: Talk to me, because that was one of the things that I found uh, found quite fascinating uh, when we were talking before, was convenience stores. Um, Most people buy their beer in convenience stores and they drink it often at the convenience store if they're not having a restaurant meal. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah, convenient... um, We call CVS... um, convenience store yeah uh so uh, cvs is is a huge seller of beer in in uh, in korea there are convenience stores on every corner sometimes far too many on the same corner I, it's it's really a, a strange thing coming from australia where you know you've got to walk f- six kilometers to the servo to get a pie if you if you you know that's yep. that's your options uh you know after 10 p.m uh and you can't get beer um but the convenience stores in Korea have like tables outside where you can where you can drink beer, so you can buy the beer, you can drink it on site. Um, you know, you can get some noodles and 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 eat, and you know, stay till four in the morning. Uh, there's no open container laws per se. I think there is a few laws, but they're not kind of followed um so open containers are not a problem so you can grab you know if you're out for the night you can grab a grab a beer from the convenience store while you're on your way to the next pub uh there's no bounces so no one's gonna no one's gonna stop you from uh uh if you if you've had a few drinks and so it's just a a very different kind of lifestyle but yeah uh, convenience stores are probably one of the largest markets for 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 beer and certainly a huge barrier for craft beer because Getting your beer into convenience stores is a big challenge. You you have to meet a lot of restrictions. They they you know they have a lot of market power. They demand uh, very tight margins, very low costs from from brewers, and um, often craft brewers can't meet those. They can't meet the supply demands. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a it's been a challenge uh, to actually get craft beer into craft beer drinkers' hands because uh, because the market is is uh, is very um, the beer market is very established in its ways mm-hmm. um, and so that's been a big challenge um, but yeah and,
0: and how are they going about breaking that down
1: yeah there, there there's a few craft beer brands inside uh, um, convenience stores now, but not a lot uh, so uh, you know a few of the bigger players have definitely like uh, you know broken into the into the convenience store market. Um, we were lucky enough to be able to get into the convenience store market in our local area. So so we don't have to meet the same kind of supply demands because mm-hmm. we, we just don't have that capacity. Um, and that's been really good for us. Um, definitely the, the 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 craft beer, uh, the convenience store uh, operators are, are, are seeing the growth of craft beer. And they, you know, the beer selection in a, in a convenience store, there'll be f- 30, 40 beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... But are they
0: all the same price?
1: Do they? Is it like I think? Yeah, they they're, I mean, they Yeah, exactly. They're. They're. Well, that four for ten is four this 10. big marketing thing that that they can't get rid of now because the consumer has come become so accustomed to four cans, four five hundred 500-mil cans for ten dollars, which is an incredibly low price even in Korea. Um, so, you know. You have to compete with that, and we don't do that. Uh, that's that's really I- an import beer thing. But even Goose Island, they have to sell their beer four for ten, and and uh, and Hannah Malt, which is a, a local brewery that Goose Island bought, uh, that ABI bought, they're they're also doing their four for ten. So, but brewers aren't doing that. Uh, craft brewers uh, aren't, aren't doing that because we can't. So so our beer sits by the the four for ten, and it's more expensive, but you know hopefully people are still drinking it. And and, 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 and yeah. they are. I mean, we are we are seeing. Huge growth in in the convenience store market for us, um, and you know our beer. You know it's uh, two thousand five hundred one, uh, so about two dollars fifty. Uh, you know uh, per beer, and our, our beer is sitting there for six thousand five hundred one or six fifty, um, and uh, you know people are still buying it because uh, because it appeals. Uh, you know to, to the market, and I think people are not always. You know, obviously the volumes are not the same as a Sapporo or a or a Cass or or, or even a Goose Island, but but enough people are drinking it to to support, uh, the, you know, our businesses, and also to to show that the, the business owners that maybe they should be putting more craft in. So, and who's drinking craft beer in Korea? Young women, um, primarily. Uh, we see the the gender split in in craft beer bars is seventy thirty uh, young women, and I think that has a lot to do. I won't get into a market analyst analysis too much, but I think it has a lot to do with the drinking culture in Korea. It's it's very. Um, focused on getting very drunk very cheaply uh, there's not a good wine industry because uh, import uh, taxes are very high wine is very expensive you know there's a, there's yellow tail in 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 there but it's you know um so young women are looking for something else something a little bit more maybe refined something that they can hang out and, and drink and talk and not you know Add a shot of soju to their beer and, and slam it back kind of thing okay uh, which is which is kind of a, what what the guys do i guess
0: so, so is there it, 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 it sounds like a little bit like a binge drinking culture is 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 alcohol <laughs> consumption problematic um, how would you compare it to well, australia for example
1: um, i don't think uh well Australia's got different problems uh, <laughs> okay. i say australia doesn't have a drinking problem it has a violence problem that's, okay that's what I always like to like to say beer doesn't make you a dickhead but if you're a dickhead and you drink too much beer then you'll be even more of a dickhead you
0: and pete uh mitchum have that in agree on that
1: topic um korea doesn't have uh any of those problems it is a very safe non-violent uh people get too drunk in my opinion um and they will just stumble around but 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 you know you lose your you drop your wallet on the street because you're too drunk and it'll be delivered to your house the next day you know (laughs) um it's 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 a very different culture but but they you know they drink a lot and but they i don't know is it a problem um yeah i couldn't do it i couldn't keep up for sure um i i tend to drink just craft beer i don't i don't drink soju um as as much as some people would like me to, uh, to to drink some soju with them but um yeah it's it's definitely a different culture but i but i wouldn't say it's a drinking problem no and i don't i also don't think that australia has a drinking problem so
0: we would like to thank Rallings labels stickers and packaging for sponsoring this edition of beer is a conversation if you are looking for a more efficient way to package your small run collaboration or special release beers make sure you have your own conversation with the guys from Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging. They specialise in supplying ready-to-fill, shrink-sleeved cans or bottles to the craft beer industry. They take care of everything for you and take the pain out of packaging your special brews. If you would prefer a label or sticker on your cans or bottles, Rallings can help with this as well. Just give Paul or Brad a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss how they can help you. If you can't stop to write down that number right now, it's in the show notes with a link to their website. Okay, so so young women uh, drinking craft beer as an alternative to... The drinking it, culture, basically. exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay.
1: Um, so it's it's not because I don't even think they see it as a drinking problem. It's just it's it's maybe not the way that that you want to get together with your friends. And I think guys, I mean, I say it's seventy thirty, but there's still a big market of of, of young men drinking as well. And I mean, we're located in a, in a, you know outside a city, and and a lot of the a lot of the non soul areas have quite an older population. Uh, and we 're seeing a lot of older craft beer drinkers you know we have we have one you know we have eighty year olds coming in and, and drinking craft beer and and uh, maybe you don 't see that so much in Seoul but but certainly uh, outside so it's, so craft beer is kind of getting everywhere and and, and certainly reaching a lot of people but primarily it 's it's, it's young people and primarily it 's young women you, you,
0: you did talk about uh, the use of local ingredients, but how influential is for example the American craft beer tradition of Big bold hops
1: you know uh well so honestly not it's not uh, big bold hops are not not something that koreans want to drink mm-hmm. uh there are a few really good beers available that are very hoppy and and uh and and really well made and and uh but koreans don't like bitterness so much they're not they don't want that uh so they love the fruity hoppy flavors the wheat beers are obviously very popular um lagers are very popular um Certainly, the brewers are often influenced by American brands, so you'll, you you will see like a lot of hops, and and honestly, getting hops into Korea is a whole separate problem. And you know, YCH and and uh, and that have been you know, and uh, uh, Michigan hops as well, my local hops have been great in in increasing what we can actually get in Korea and and making sure that it's the, that the prices are, are competitive. But yeah. Koreans don't want bitterness. Um, it's, you know, I'll drink a beer and I'll be like, this isn't bitter, but, the, you know, my Korean yep. friend will drink it and, and say, well, why, this is very bitter. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely its own style. Um, not not so American influence, but obviously craft beer has an American influence. So you wouldn't have craft beer without the american influence so um but it's it's definitely its own thing in korea um and we do use a lot of local ingredients not everyone does but uh but we at badnamu we like to use a, lo- a lot of local ingredients um because we are we we like to support our local community and work with kind of farmers and work with growers and and just add a local touch as well so when you're when you're when you're drinking beer in seoul you when you're drinking our beer in seoul you want to think of uh but Butnam- not uh, of uh of our region you know yep. and if you're just drinking hops you're not that's, that's not happening you know
0: one of the things I like to say is, that, is that, that explosive hops you know, was so different to what went before that that is a big part of what's driven the awareness of craft beer or the excitement of craft beer in Australia what's driving
1: the transition to,
0: to craft beer in
1: uh, um, Korea it's a very trend focused market it's a very trend focused country so I think uh, I think the fact that beer is trendy and I think the fact that young women are driving that trend is helping the industry grow itself and um, they are new flavors, you know, whether they're, whether they're bitter or not, they're still, it's still new, unique and interesting flavors. It mm. doesn't, you know, you, you don't have to use a lot of hops to make a unique beer and often you have to use less hops to make a unique beer, you know? So, uh, uh, yeah, that new England trend is not really happening. Um, uh, even though new England beers are not particularly bitter, the the Korean palate would, would do well with them, but, uh, the hops are not like, you know, the hops are expensive and, 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 beer is cheap so you know we have that's it's a very difficult beer to brew um in korea um
0: so we're not going to see any beers called k hop for example
1: yeah um well there's i mean there's some (laughs) good new england's being brewed and and uh and you know ych uh uh is actually just sent over a, a fresh hop a wet hop the first wet the first korean American wet hop beer is actually currently probably being brewed in Korea right okay. now, um, and unfortunately, uh, because I am here, we, I didn't have the opportunity to to brew it. Uh, um, but yeah, the, but uh, some other breweries are probably doing amazing wet hop beers. So definitely, there's a, a you know hops are popular. The word IPA is probably more popular than the style. Uh, yep. So often people will drink an IPA because it's an IPA because that is the trend. They know. Yeah. Um, but they don't want a West Coast IPA, that's for sure. You know, they might they might want like more of a, maybe UK style IPA or or, or even a New England IPA. But again, they're not being brewed for maybe more financial reasons than, than, than you know,
0: so. so. So what what is the Korean palate then? If, if they don't like bitterness, what, well, what do they like? You should probably ask a Korean really, <laughs> but... Um, well, you're married to one and yeah, you've, you've yeah. been there for a um, while and you you've, uh, can observe.
1: So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just. Uh, for example, I made a ginseng beer when I worked at Busan. Gin, ginseng is an incredibly popular kind of healthy mm-hmm. viewed thing, but to be honest, it tastes like dirt. Ginseng, ginseng is is like pure dirt to me, you know. Uh, but I made a beer, and uh, it was a ginseng IPA, and it honestly, I drank the beer, and it and it tasted like dirt. Um, <laughs> but the when when Koreans would drink the beer. They would say, I love this. It's unique. It tastes healthy. You know, they would say it tastes healthy. course okay. of, of, You know, what does healthy taste like? But to <laughs> Korean, maybe a healthy taste like ginseng or, or something like that, right? So, um, yeah, it's 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 certainly like they they have, you know, Korea has this, it doesn't grow a lot of fruit and veggies that we are familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of cabbage and maybe some some roots that, that you know, they don't have the kind of climate to, to any sort of tropical fruits or anything like that. So, yeah, so they have their unique kind of flavors uh, uh and things that they eat and drink and and that's certainly affected their palate and maybe what I drink is not what a Korean would drink. Um but they but they're but they're not opposed to, you know, citrus and tropical and and, and peach and mango flavors either. So, so I think they just have a more varied palate mm-hmm. maybe. Um like the, their their own palate from from their own traditional what they eat and drink, but but of course, they're not. A, they're not. They're not against hops. They're not against uh, maybe just against bitterness mostly. Okay. And is there much scope for imports? Um, yeah. Uh, well, as we just heard, um, export is dead. Uh, but <laughs> the So that was the first talk that we listened uh, to today. You're
0: referring to uh, Stu from uh, Yeasty Boys, right? Presentation uh, which is conference? which
1: is a very good presentation and a, and a and a and a great business model that's worked well for them. Um, but. Yeah, the, uh, the the market is still very import driven. Um, craft beer, local craft, well, craft beer as a percentage itself is probably you know under two percent, and and local craft beer is probably under one percent. So we probably see we're probably seeing a shift certainly happening. Um, we had a lot of American beer imported. Uh, not so much australian beer maybe some uk beer um brewdog has a presence uh some some belgian beer but like belgian craft beer but also belgian like traditional you know uh european beer styles um so definitely we're seeing a we're seeing um uh a shift towards more local but but it's still a big import market for mm-hmm. sure um but w- and we i honestly i believe that if you have a choice you should put on a local beer you know why are you paying more uh for a beer that's not as fresh when there are great local brewers and there weren't always great local brewers and i think like you know the 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 attitudes are shifting and that's helping a lot so um we should we should see imports reduce and and, and local beer increase but
0: you uh, you're looking at doing a little bit of export yourself
1: yeah um maybe uh where we we bought beer here to bangkok um, and that's the first time we've ever sent beer outside of our own country, uh, so or outside of Korea, um, and that was honestly a pain uh, to deal with. So I'm not sure I want to do that uh, that often, but you know, Bangkok's a unique market in that it is an import market. There is zero percent local beer here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, hopefully that will change. And I'm sure this event he- being held here is 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 part of the push to have that change. So we're not we're not looking to. Uh, export too much, but we do want. You know, there are Korean, uh, Korea as a as a culture is is exported very well. Um, you know, Korean food, Korean uh, music, Korean uh, entertainment, especially in Southeast Asia. So we we would like to be that Korean beer that that maybe is available in a Korean restaurant. You know, uh, we have these beautiful bottles that that really kind of showcase uh, great artwork and 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 there's local ingredients like on our bottle artwork and. Um, so I would love to see Banamu beer, uh, next to Korean food in, in, uh, in export markets, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly not going to be a major, probably a major market for us. Um, but, but certainly we would like to, like to be able to export. Yeah.
0: Now, just, uh, before I let you go, um, we get back to the comforts. Right at the very start, you talked about volunteering, and uh, I said we put a pin in that. And I know I'll get emails if uh, if I don't at least uh, sort of come back to that. Having said I would, um, so volu- being willing to volunteer at a brewery got you your start, and look what's happened to to you. But you've you, you said that your attitudes to it have changed a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um right uh it it is a way to get your foot in the door uh but i don't recommend it to people and i don't recommend it that brewers take on unpaid labor um is it
0: a philosophical thing
1: yeah it's a a philosophical thing i don't i don't think labor should be unpaid uh i think it cheapens the industry as a whole i think it cheapens the hard work that brewers do i think uh you know there's a lot of challenges in brewing and 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 you know it's uh, the low wages are, are one of the challenges that we should overcome it is a it is a profession. Uh, you have to be, you have to be smart, dedicated, often educated. You're you need educated to be skilled in educated, some way, right? Yeah, you, yeah. It's a skilled, it's a skilled uh, job. And, you know, the, the appeal of, of, of taking on um, an unpaid intern that's, that's going to work for passion is very appealing when, when you can save that money and maybe put it into marketing or, or reduce your cost of production in mm. some way. But, it's not good for the industry. Uh, it's it's not you're not going to be able to retain uh, quality staff if, if if they're not paid. Um, but
0: there's a difference between institutionalized slave <laughs> slavery basically, and sure, so, and, and that initial look. I've got no experience. I'd like to come in and get some experience, and so the 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 value exchange is my labor and you give me experience. But it's not a long-term thing. It's it's
1: sure, and it's not a long-term thing. Yeah, and um, I think uh, yeah, and I mean it's a bit hypocritical of me to say you know don't do that when when and I've never employed anyone that wasn't that wasn't hmm. paid. Uh, probably should be paid more, but certainly certainly um, uh, certainly I've never employed anyone that wasn't paid, um, but. But it is the way I got my job, and I don't yep. think I would be here now if I hadn't done that. Uh, maybe I would, because because I, ha- I do have a science background, so maybe I w- I would have been lucky enough to to be able to score a paid job. But it's a it's a tough br- It's a tough industry to break into because it's one of those things people want people don't want, you know, to 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 spend money on people that don't have any experience. And but I just think that. Uh, Unpaid internships uh, are not common in other industries, Um, and they tend to be frowned upon, even in kind of media and and, uh, public relations. And uh, sure, and that's another rock star job, you know. Uh, Brewing is a rock star job, Uh, not from the inside, but certainly from the outside. Uh, And people will work for free, but but I but I but I truly believe that if you want someone to do a good job, you should pay them for it. I mean, if I had an unpaid intern. It doesn't mean that they can that they can leave a, a you know leave a tank dirty and, mm. and you know I, I have expectations of them. Yep. They're no different to the expectations of of my paid brewers. Mm. So why am I you know why am I not why am I not paying them? You yep. know my expectations uh, you know uh, cost money. You know um, and if I want if I want them to meet my expectations, if if someone made a mistake and I wasn't paying them, how do I how do I justify you know uh, you know you know busting uh, them around you not yelling at them exactly exactly what at them um and you know uh yeah so it's so it's a it's a double edged uh, you know it's it's uh it's allowed me to get where i am today but but i but i don't support it as uh, in the industry and i think uh, and i think you know people people stand on both sides of that and, and that's fair Fair enough,
0: Phil. Well, uh, Phil, thank you very much for joining us, and I believe that you're a, a, a listener. That, that you're actually yes. a podcast yeah. listener. it's
1: it's it's the it's the best way that I can that I can stay up to date on the Australian brewing industry uh, without without visiting that often because it's a pretty it's a pretty long flight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't often listen in uh, in real time, but certainly uh, um, whenever I can, it's I'll binge, we'll I'll, binge, binge I'll binge two yeah. or three episodes, um, and I know it's a it's a it's great. Hearing about the industry, it, it kind of keeps me connected to it, even though I'm not connected to it. And these kind of events help a lot. There's there's a great Australian representation here. It was great to see you here. Um, you know, first time we met, yeah. but obviously I knew who you were and. Um,
0: well, hopefully we can get to Korea and uh, try some Budnamu beer. Sure, yeah. If you're, if well, you're I've ever got a there, bottle of it in my uh, bag, so please, I'm going to get that. Please button. let
1: me know. And uh, and if any of the listeners listeners end up in in South Korea and want to try some good craft beer, whether it's Budnamu or, or or any of the other great breweries around, then then I I highly recommend it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, we'll uh, make sure that we put a link in the show notes. Sure. All right. Bill, cheers. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks so much. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the Letter of the Week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover, because beer is a conversation.